your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Nick Nilsson, fitness's mad scientist of muscle, is a renowned personal trainer, bodybuilder, and professional fitness writer who has written for Men's Fitness, Reps Magazine, Muscle and Fitness, and hundreds of fitness websites all over the internet. He's been in the industry for 25 years and is recognized throughout the fitness world as an innovator and pioneer of groundbreaking methods for building muscle and strength fast. His degree in physical education covers advanced biomechanics, physiology, and kinesiology. In this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show podcast, Anthony and Nick discuss specific protocols you can use to increase energy and focus and lose fat while developing performance and strength at the same time. How he combines science and unconventional training methods to build lean muscle and burn fat, the best ways to wake up your body and nervous system in the morning to get more out of your training and your day, how he currently structures his workout routine, and some of the problems with popular programs like CrossFit and why they aren't the best workouts for everyone. So without further ado, sit back and relax and enjoy Anthony's conversation with Nick Nelson. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. I'm here with Nick Nilsson, the mad scientist of muscle. He's been training for 25 plus years. He, he focuses on unconventional training methods for building muscle, improving metabolic health, and uh, specializes in combining both science and some of his, um, his unconventional training methods that build lean muscle and burn body fat. Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Good to be here. <laughs> Give us a little bit of a background about uh, how you got into training and more specifically some of the unconventional methods that, that you've developed. Definitely. The, uh, the cool thing is my dad had a basement gym and he totally did not give a crap what anybody thought of his basement gym. And he would totally do his own thing. That was his thing. So I grew up thinking that was normal, thinking that this is how I should be doing things. And to give you an idea, it was made entirely out of plumbing pipe, duct tape, and foam padding. <laughs> that's, that's his home gym. So that's kind of the way I came up into fitness. And uh, I was in like every sport imaginable, swimming, running, uh, soccer, skiing, speed skating, a whole ton of stuff. And uh, just kind of grew up with fitness. And then when I went to college, that's when I really picked up weight training and uh, kind of progressed from there. I learned how to do the basic stuff properly. And then building on my own experience with my uh, dad's gym, it's like, I'm just going to do what I think is going to be better. So I started experimenting on my own, even when I didn't really know all that much. And uh, luckily, the first program that I really ever did, um, aside from you know, like a pre-written magazine program was called Serious Growth. Um, it's Bulgarian burst thing. And I really learned how to take advantage of your body's natural cycles. So I kind of use that as a springboard for a lot of the programs and unconventional stuff that I've come up with in the meantime. And uh, just researching how the body reacts to training, not necessarily like this is what you have to do. These are the rules. But um, I don't seek out, set out to specifically break all the rules, but it just kind of works out that way most of the time. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, when you're you know solidly following the rules, you get very very structured, and it can be way too structured. And you got to you have to really break through those constraints sometimes to really find out what really works. Um, one of my favorite programs actually that I ever put together was called Muscle Explosion. Essentially, every single thing I did in that program was backwards to what you're supposed to do for building muscle, and it works better than anything else I've ever used. So it's uh, you know I, I basically grew up and developed my own training style based on not caring if something follows the rules or not. Uh, when, how old were you when you first started training and, and kind of getting into weights? First picked up a weight when I was 16. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. It, and that, it has a tendency to correlate with interest in girls. 
plus or minus <laughs> two years. Tends to, yeah. For me, I was a skinny cross country runner. Like I literally was 145 pounds, like 4% body fat. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So, man, I just saw those cybergenics commercials. And I'm like, man, I got to get, I got to look like that, man. So it was, uh, yeah, it yeah. Took, a, took a big interest in that 16, 17 years old and, uh, when I went off to college. Yeah, I was I was the same way. One of my best friends and I, his name was his name was Dave, and we joined Bally's. We got our parents to sign us up when we were like twelve because you had to be like fourteen or something to even sign up on your own. Yeah. And we would go there and we would do like the the weakest workouts, and then probably spend half the time drinking a, a smoothie at the end that like <laughs> more than negated anything that we'd done. Yeah. But it was like it was one of those things where just showing up and just going to the gym, you start realizing, okay, this isn't working. I got to do more. I got to change it up. At what point did did your training make that switch where you were like the conventional stuff isn't cutting it it's not it's not producing the type of results that I'm going for I'm going to start experimenting I'm going to start biohacking my resistance training For me that was actually like pretty much right away <laughs> you know I had done some conventional stuff and done you know the programs that my friends were doing and stuff and then uh, I had to start training on my own for a bit and that's when I pretty much immediately started doing my own thing. And it's like, I still learned how to do all the other stuff. And I went through college and I took physical education in terms of putting these programs together. So I knew, I know all the basic conventional programs and how to put everything together in a normal sense, but pretty much right away, I decided I wanted to go beyond that. And, um, you know, I've got a, an independent streak with that. And I just, it's one of the reasons I, I like working for myself so much is because uh, every time I've worked for somebody else, I just rebel against it. <laughs> So it's uh, it, it pretty much happens right away where, you know, I, I started, you know, taking anatomy courses, mechanic, biomechanics, kinesiology, and then learning the ins and outs of how the body worked and how the body functions. So I could uh, not just do crazy stuff like you see on YouTube, people trying to get clicks and, you know, doing stupid stuff that could get yourself hurt. This is stuff that actually is based on scientific method where I'm actually looking at the mechanics of the exercise and flipping things around and trying different things. So it's not just throwing things against the wall and hoping they stick, but this is, you know, like a pass or fail kind of thing. It's I develop one thing that leads me down another path and basically trying to figure out the best ways to do things. It might not be the normal way. It might not be my way, but I'm going to try new things every single time I'm in the gym. I'm picturing you training in your dad's gym uh, akin to like the Rocky four montage where he's preparing for Drago and he's like up in the mountains and he's like, he's got the pulley with the bag of rocks and all sorts of like, oh, yeah. stuff. this was like plumbing pipe. Half the time I'm hanging upside down on something. <laughs> yeah. Your dad yeah. comes down, you're sleeping inverted and like <laughs> all sorts <laughs> of goofy stuff. Um, what, what was a time or was there a time when your unconventional or unorthodox training went wrong um, where there was just like a disaster? I know I've had a few. You know, the funny thing is I've never really, really had a big one. I've had a few almost big ones. Um, one of them was when I was uh, kind of getting into handstand push-ups. And I had developed a system. It's kind of like Grease the Groove where I was doing handstand push-ups every morning and every evening to failure for like three months. And I took myself from zero, being able to do zero all the way to being able to do 40 within a few months by doing that. So once I got to that point, I started kind of expanding what I was doing with the handstand push-ups. And I went to the gym and I got these round dumbbells with round plates on them, set them near the wall. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> it gets worse. You, you think you know what you're talking You think I know where I'm going with this, but it's worse than you think. I set these by the wall, not like um, normally like a straight line like a bar, but neutral grip. So they like roll outwards as I'm doing, and it still gets worse. So the first set I do, I've got my hands on the handles. I'm rolling outwards as I'm coming down into the bottom handstand push-up, pushing myself back up. Managed to do five reps on that. And I thought, hmm, what can I do beyond this? I'm surprised you got that far. I, I was too, actually, when I look back on it. When I was doing it, I was, I was really strong handstand push-ups at the time. And these things were like rolling out and rolling in. I'm like, this is awesome. So I thought, in my ultimate wisdom at the time here, you know, 23 years old, I'm like, I can do even more. So I set my hands on top of the plates. Not just on top of the handles, but on this, you know, these are 85-pound dumbbells. So I'm gripping like big fat handle on top of the actual plates, and I'm rolling outwards. And these plates are loose. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm like shaking and shivering and I'm like, that's when I realized, okay, if I do one more rep, I'm going to break my neck. Kick down, done. Never did those again. <laughs> I, I, I came to my senses before I landed. You know, oh, I'll drive myself into the ground on that one. Luckily, so it was a close call. But uh, I think if I would have pushed too much further, that would have been bad news. So that that could have that could have probably been one of your most viewed YouTube videos, like how to give yourself a pile driver. Oh yeah, I mean this was like 1998, so it's like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, this was I, most of my most of my experiments that have gone really bad have, have involved biohacking, but one that involved resistance training was like this was in college. I remember you know we'd been out, we'd had a few drinks, and it was one of those nights where like you're super fired up, you're feeling invincible, and it's it's <laughs> totally the booze. <laughs> so I came home and I was I decided that the, tonight was the night that I needed to throw three plates on a side and and, and max out, which is, it was something that I'd been close to, but I'd never done at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I go down into the basement by myself. I throw on ACDC's like greatest hits, like just blaring loud. So you think about like all these little steps along the way where it's just you can see it mounting to this this disaster of epic proportions. Like I'm down yeah. there alone. There's music blasting so no one can hear me. I'm, yeah. the, I'm I, I've got booze coursing through my veins. I got I throw th- and I'm and I'm deciding to, to go for a PR. And I throw three plates on per side. Then to make it even worse, I put clips on. So I can't even dump the weight if I wanted to, if it doesn't work out. I'm so confident it's going to work out. I take the thing. I I unrack the bar. I start going down and I'm feeling pretty good. And then once I hit like that halfway point where I'm about 90 degrees, the bar comes flying down onto my chest and I am stuck. And I'm like – and I'm trapped underneath, uh, underneath this bar. There's no way out. I end up rolling the thing down my entire body. It was like having a chiropractic adjustment from Andre the Giant. Like my whole back was just <laughs> the whole way down. It's like a rolling car action. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, finally get to get to my waist region. I'm able to like sit up and, and throw it off me. And just the, the next day, just the whole – front of my chest was destroyed never did that again but um, yeah that was that was kind of a funny experience you mentioned something earlier about working with your bodies oh actually i wanted i wanted to talk about uh, your handstand push-ups so someone that's like never been able to do a handstand push-up how do you start that's a great question actually um when i first started doing these and like i would literally start from nothing i could i could do a handstand and that's really the first place to start um i actually had somebody holding onto my legs to spot me so I'd set my hands a couple inches away from the wall, uh, facing the wall, kick up and have them hold on to my legs. And basically I was, I was going down just till my head hit the ground or touched the ground. I should say not hit the ground <laughs> and then have them spot me as I'm pushing my way up back up. And that's basically how I began doing handstand pushups. It's a partial range of motion, which is good. It's just the strongest range of motion. So if you can kind of start, the very first step is just getting comfortable being in a handstand really and developing some supporting strength in your shoulders. Once you get to that, you can then uh, have a partner um, hold your legs by the ankles is the best way i found. If you don't have a partner, you can do negative training, where you kick up into the handstand, your feet kind of up against the wall at an angle, and then just fight that negative all the way down. Come back down out of the handstand, kick back up into it on the wall, and then do another negative. When I was doing the daily specialization, like I was mentioning earlier, that's how I did it. I didn't have a training partner at the time. So, because I was basically, um, I was working on a cruise ship at the time and I was in my cabin doing this up against the door, <laughs> you know, anybody's going to walk in is going to knock me right over, but I would uh, kick up into the handstand, fight that negative all the way down. That's all I could do on the first day. was just one negative rep. In the evening, I did the same thing. The next day I was actually able to do a full rep. So one rep. And then the, in the evening, another one rep and just repeating that. Every, every day, morning and night, every time before I went to bed, I literally developed to the point where I could get 40 reps doing that, just banging out these handstand push-ups. And um, I had done it again after that at one point, then I got 50 reps, worked that up too. And that's, that was just ridiculous because that carried over directly into shoulder pressing strength as well. And I could do dumbbell press with 105-pound dumbbells, just seated. Wow. So, yeah, I mean... That technique in and of itself, you can use it with any exercise. Bodyweight exercises are excellent for like chins, uh, pull-ups, push-ups you can do, but because they're a lighter exercise, you can probably develop 
more endurance than you can muscle with it. But as far as handstand push-ups, it's a phenomenal technique. But um, that's really the, the key is either have a spotter or start with just negative reps. What was, aside from being able to push more weight with your, with your overhead press, were there other um, physical benefits or, you know, what, what other changes did you see in your body composition, your energy, your strength? What, how did it affect those things? Uh, for me, for uh, shoulder development, there was nothing better. For building muscle in the shoulder area, that's the best thing I've ever done. Um, in terms of energy, especially first thing in the morning when I was doing this daily routine, it was great. I, it would actually really wake me up. And uh, when I was working on a cruise ship, I'm not a morning person whatsoever, and I'd be like tired all the time because the hours of work on the ships are crazy. So I'd get up and do that first thing in the morning, and actually I'd actually be wide awake and ready to go, whereas like a minute ago, I was just wiped out. So, you know, is it part of that yoga thing of being upside down, getting the blood circulating, very possibly, doing the activity? It's another contributing factor, waking up the nervous system, absolutely. So it's, um, I really noticed a difference when I was doing that. And uh, I've used that technique on a, a number of occasions as well. And I've, I've noticed uh, those benefits every single time, too. It wakes me up right away. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty crazy. I've got my bedroom looks a little bit like a jungle gym. I've got like a rebounder in there. And then next to the rebounder, I've got some, some parallettes. And um, I'm the same way in the morning when I wake up. It's like the last thing I want to do is immediately start working out. But it's usually if you just bite the bullet and start moving your body in some fashion, um, the whole rest of your day is better. And like yeah. that, that drag period that could go for hours is like the amount of time it takes you to get out of bed and start moving. Um, so I'll, like, I'll do something on the rebounder and then I'll try to go inverted. And just those two things, like two minutes, mm-hmm. and it's like the whole rest of the day is better. It makes, it makes such, a, such a vast difference. Okay, it's like a reset button in your brain. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it all comes back to like doing that, doing the stuff that you know you should, even when you don't want to. It's yeah. like it's like the best best habit in the world. <laughs> the punch clock workouts. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, why don't you do it anymore? Um, it depends on the program that I'm doing. Like sometimes if I'm on a program that's for specific purposes, that might not fit into that purpose. Um, I, every morning I get up and I walk my dogs too. So that's one thing I always do every day. But, um, you know, if I'm doing a specific program or I want to specialize on something, I will include that. Um, if I'm doing a program that uh, may or may not include that focus, then I, I won't do that. So it's, it's a very fluid kind of thing. And if I'm, if I have actually last year, I did it with, the um, squats. I built my own, uh, squat bar, like almost a yoke bar out of plumbing pipe, you know, <laughs> surprise. But, um, I was basically doing, you know, you've probably heard of the 20 rep squat program. No. no. Oh, is that, um, you do 20 reps and then you drink a gallon of milk every day. Oh yeah. So this yeah. is for building muscle. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing kind of a variation of that where I was doing this specialization program, but with heavy squats. So in the morning I do heavy squats in the evening I do heavy squats and I managed to work myself up to doing 20 reps with like 365 pounds on that yoke bar twice a day <laughs> for like weeks at a time. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty ridiculous, but, uh, like first thing in the morning I'd get up, no warm up, and I, you know, don't try this at home, even though I did this at home, but I would go down and I'd squat like 300 plus pounds straight out of bed. <laughs> how did, how did you feel after starting your day with the heavy squats compared to the inverted handstand pushups? It actually felt really good, but I needed to build more recovery into that. Yeah, because I was going to ask. That seemed yeah. like a recipe for overtraining. Yeah, it got to the point where, and I was actually trying it to see how quickly it would bring me to overtraining. So that was one of my experiments, basically to test that on myself and to see how much I could handle before I had to back off, essentially. So for me, the magic number was three weeks. I started off, I started off at two twenty-five. You know, so I, I progressed pretty gradually, and then when I got to the point where I could do five reps, or no, it was ten reps then I would add 10 pounds. So I basically kept on progressing the weight upwards until I was getting, you know, like 350, 365 for 15, 20 reps. Every day, twice a day. What, what, are, what were some of the signs that you were overtraining? What, what changes did you notice? Uh, dread was the big one. <laughs> Dreading the workout. Honestly, yeah. It's like you get yourself under the bar. The other one was the number, the number of reps I was getting started to drop. 
So when I got to that point for a few workouts in a row and I was the numbers of reps I was getting was dropping, then I knew it was time to back off. So that's when I basically stopped doing that program and it was about three and a half weeks I think into it. But it's uh, it's dread, it's you know you start feeling beaten down, your performance suffers. That's essentially what it comes down to. Yeah. I, I have unintentionally put myself in that situation many times in my life. Um with with a lot of the extreme workouts and and not not allowing sufficient recovery um that's yeah that's pretty that's pretty wild what would um what kind of dogs do you have you mentioned your dogs <laughs> yeah i got uh, two siberian huskies oh actually, nice actually no it's just that one's a malamute but he looks like a husky oh very cool yeah. <laughs> um you had mentioned your body's natural cycles before i'm i'm familiar with that term as it pertains to females how does it how does it pertain to males <laughs> this actually pertains to everybody because the cycle is like what i was alluding to with the overtraining where it's a, a period of overreaching where you're building up the volume you're reducing the rest you're pushing yourself to the point where you're almost you're in acute overtraining essentially where you feel that feeling of dread you're tired your performance is suffering and then you purposely back off so it's accumulation of volume and then intensification where you then increase the weight, you take a lot more rest, you decrease the training volume, and you focus on strength. So the program, the program structure that I generally tend to use follows that, where it's you're building up the volume, you're doing more and more sets, more reps, uh, taking less rest in between until you get to the point where you're really suffering on purpose, and then you back off. Uh, I kind of like to uh, describe it to driving a car up a hill, where it's a really steep hill, you got it floored, and you're only going like five, 10 miles an hour. One time you get to the top, you come over the top of the hill, you keep that pedal floored, and you're going down the other side, and you're going 90 within a minute. You know, So literally, that's what this kind of approach strives to achieve, where you're building up the volume, which is better for muscle growth, and then you're coming over the other side, you're taking advantage of that increased recovery capability that your body's developed, and you apply it to strength. So all that energy that was gone towards rebuilding and repair now goes towards building strength and your numbers just shoot through the roof when you do it that way. It's, it's really fantastic. There's, um, there's a few things that I've noticed that are pretty powerful in, in the way that you approach your training. It seems like you're a big proponent of daily consistent application. And like if you're trying to improve something, then you really focus in on that and you do it every day, sometimes twice a day. Um, and because of that, you get some pretty powerful results in a short amount of time. Um, and, and I think I see a lot of people where they set these goals for themselves. They're like, I'd like to be able to do 10 pull-ups. So like once or twice a week, they'll do some pull-ups and it takes them like five months to get up to do, to do 10 pull-ups. Whereas if they did it morning and night, they started with negatives like you talked about. And Mm -hmm. then they could probably do that in three weeks if they just increase Mm -hmm. their consistency and their intensity um is that the way that you always approach your workouts or what what type of um like how does your how do your weekly workouts how does your training split look right now um at the moment right now i'm doing more strength oriented training so it's a it's actually a new program that i'm testing out that um it's this cycle is more on the strength end of things like i mentioned the accumulation intensification i've done the volume already now i'm backing off and doing the strength stuff so right now it's about four days a week. A lot of the stuff is um, fairly long rest periods. Um, some of it is strength training with very short rest periods, which is you know again very contrary to what most people would think. But uh, consistency, like you had mentioned, that's really the key. And attacking the specific goal that you're setting out. You know, like if you did want to do ten pull-ups, don't just play with that goal like a cat playing with a mouse. You know, attack that goal like a guard dog. You know, go straight at it doing the twice a day training, literally within two to three weeks, you could likely achieve that goal instead of playing around with it over the space of months. So if it's, it's a goal that's really important to you, then, and this is the way I do it with my training too, like specifically for fat loss. If I'm trying to lose fat, I don't do a very, you know, moderate caloric restriction. I actually like cut calories to like 1200 a day, you know, and usually right now I'm eating about 5,000 calories a day. So it's a pretty steep drop. And I go really boom in that one direction to achieve that goal as fast as possible. And uh, I think that's 
really, I think a lot of people miss out on when they're setting goals is you can set audacious goals. You can set very short-term goals that are very big, basically, as long as you have the plan in place and the drive to do what it takes to achieve those goals. And, um, you know, if you're just going to, if you have a number of different goals, you might get spread out a little bit, but if you, if you just have the one focus, you're going to really laser target everything to achieving that. And that's, that's the way I approach most of my training that I do right now. And it varies whether it's strength, whether it's muscle, whether it's fat loss, I target everything towards that specific goal and then just, you know, training, eating the whole deal. Yeah. There's everything kind of opened up for me when I, when I just drilled it down and said, all right, what's the one thing? Like, what's the one mm-hmm. thing I need to improve in, in each area? It's like, what's the, what's the most important thing you need to get done today for your business or for work? What's the most important thing you, you want to achieve with your training? And it, it kind of serves to declutter the mind and simplify all of your, um, all of your objectives. And like, it answers a lot of questions where, whereas normally we try to go in so many directions and like, you know, we call it multitasking, but I, I feel like multitasking has almost become a word for like doing a lot of things poorly yeah. and, um, yeah, absolutely. rather than like just, just really crushing it with one. Um, when so you actually, one, one thing yeah. I really want to mention, yeah. I was watching this TV show the other day. It really goes in perfectly to this topic. It was um, Shaolin monk with a pin, an ordinary uh, like sewing needle. There was a balloon on another on the other side of a pane of glass. He wound up and he whipped this pin through the pane of glass and popped the balloon. Come on! Like literally, they showed the slow motion camera. He nailed this pane of glass. This pin went through the glass, popped the balloon on the other side. That to me, illustrates the power of laser focus. You know, from a scientific standpoint, if you threw the pin sideways and hit like that, it would bounce right off. But because all the force was going straight into that one spot, that pin actually went through the glass, popped the balloon on the other side. That's insane. I want to yeah. watch that immediately. <laughs> yeah. Outrageous Acts of Science was the show. All right. Very cool. Yeah. Literally Shaolin throwing pin through glass and you'll probably be able to pull it up on YouTube. That sounds like yeah. a, a show that I would that I would enjoy. It's really cool stuff, actually. It's on a science channel. Yeah. Um, do you when you set a goal for yourself? Do you put stakes in place, like if, if if consequences if your goal is not reached? I don't at all, actually. To be honest, um, for me the reward is just achieving it, and for me the even bigger reward is the process of achieving it. I'm actually very not very goal oriented. I'm actually more process oriented. So if I don't get the goal, that's fine. I have kind of, I, I actually set really vague goals. <laughs> it's probably really, again, contrary to what most people recommend in, you know, fitness and in life in general. But for me in fitness, it's really the process that I enjoy. The goal is a direction for me. The goal is not the end goal itself. Like I don't reach the goal and like, okay, I'm done. You know, I think that shoots a lot of people in the foot specifically with fat loss okay, I've got to lose 10 pounds. Okay, they lost 10 pounds and they lose their focus and then they gain it all back. Yep. You know, for me, my goal might be to achieve a certain level of body fat. I don't care if it's 5, 7, or 8%. I don't have a number. I don't have a, i got to lose 10 pounds. My goal when I lose fat is to lose as much fat as possible while staying as heavy as possible, which is, you know, keeping the muscle. So if I were to lose 10 pounds of fat but stay, my, stay at my exact same body weight, I'd be happy. You know, so my goals are kind of amorphous like that, where I don't really set a specific goal, but I just direct the process in that direction and then I enjoy the process. Yep. I'm very similar. Um, I have, I have some specific goals where relevant, but then also like when it comes to visualizing desired future outcomes and, and situations, um, sometimes it makes more sense to keep it vague and not worry about specifically how you're going to get there, but just have like an idea and a picture in your mind for the outcome that you want to achieve. And, um, I, I, I'd learned that somewhere from, I think it was Mike Dooley. Um, the guy that writes notes from the universe and he does a lot that, that with like the law of attraction and he mm-hmm. would say, don't focus on how you're going to do it because that will, that will cripple you. Um, and, and it will get in the way from actually picturing what you really do want. He's like, just think about like the end results. You know, it could be something like, freedom, friends, family, laughter, creative, fulfilling work, international travel, like something like that. And then you pursue that 
like by taking inspired action in the direction of your dreams, enjoying every step along the way. And I think that's, it, it sounds like, and please correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like that's one of your secrets. Like you enjoy what you're doing. And because okay. of that, it's sustainable. Whereas Absolutely. a lot of times, like when people are doing, when they're trying to lose weight, they're like, how long can I hold out? How long can I, you know, eat broccoli and chicken breasts until the weight's off? But they haven't developed any sustainable habits. They haven't made it fun. And because those elements are missing, they quickly go back to what they know and, and the results don't last. Like how do you integrate fun and sustainability into what you do? And, and do you think that's something that is a, a, a component of your success? It's a huge portion of my success. It's, it's literally doing what I'm doing just for fun because that's what I want to do with my time. That's my passion is the training of it and the process and, you know, learning stuff and creating new things and, you know, developing a lifestyle based on that. And uh, I think you're right on the money with that. It's, you know, set the direction and then enjoy the process. And that's what most people miss out on when they set a goal that is painful to them, you know, like losing weight, for example, mm-hmm. you know, they don't learn to enjoy the process. So they're, therefore they don't incorporate that into their lifestyle and it just becomes a whole foreign, you know, alien sitting in their stomach waiting to burst back out. <laughs> yeah. So as soon as they hit that goal, then it just, boom, it's gone. It's done. That's not how I look at it at all. You know, somebody, somebody once asked me, you know, they saw I was training hard. They said, wow, you built all that muscle. What's going to happen to all that muscle when you stop? I'm like, stop. <laughs> that was like a foreign concept to me. It's like, what are you even talking about? Why would I stop? You know, this person had that mindset of training being, you know, a, a block of time where you do it and then you stop. Like, never. You know, why would I stop? There's just no, it was just a totally foreign concept to me. So that's basically ingrained within me now where it's the process is what I enjoy and it's a part of who I am. Yeah, that's, um, I, I'm the same way. And one of the lessons that I've learned and I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was just something that was like a unique insight about myself, but it's really all of us is that on a long enough timeline, we end up doing the things that we enjoy. Like that's what we, that's what we keep doing. And, um, I've done a lot of the, you know, we, we, I want to talk more about how, um, your program metabolic monsters is it, it, it kind of takes some of the, some of the best elements of CrossFit and then adds some, uh, some of your unconventional training methods and protects people from some of the injuries and things like that, that, um, that, that tend to inhibit the, uh, the long-term benefits of, of those types of programs. Um, and, and I've done a lot of the, those types of workouts where you're just going, you know, every day you're dreading your workout, but you can push through it for 60 days or 90 days. And then at some point you start getting, a, you know, a little tendonitis or, or that gets worse or you get, you know, you throw your back out and then it's, it's a few weeks before you can really go in again. And it just, it doesn't work. Um, on a long enough timeline, it's like, it's like, what, what type of workout feels good to you? Find out what that is for some guys. It's a ton of strength. Like, it seems like you're a strength guy. You enjoy when you go in and you're inverted. I mean, how much do you weigh? Uh, right now I'm 215. So 215 inverted handstand pushups. That's no joke <laughs> Like yeah. for like 40 or 50 reps. Like that's, that's a lot of weight. And, um, and waking up and, and banging out 300 plus pound squats. So it seems like you enjoy that. That's like what, what drives you for another guy. It may be a jog, you know, maybe going for a jog. And, and, yeah. and I think so often we're concerning ourselves with reading stuff online and what other people are saying to do when all we got to do is pay attention to what feels good to us and what's fun and what we enjoy. Just do that. Cause that's yeah. on a long enough timeline, what you're going to stick with. Yeah, that's what I'm constantly preaching too, is that you really have to find out something that's fun to you. That's what's going to be sustainable to you. If you don't enjoy it, then it's a grind and you're not going to stick with it. And uh, I don't care if it is like, you know, Pilates or jogging or doing heavy, crazy crap like I do. You don't have to do what I do. You do what you want to do. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm constantly telling people is like, you, you see all these videos of, you know, people deadlifting like seven, 800 pounds. There's a lot of people who can do that. And that's awesome. I can't do that. I don't want to put in the type of training that involves to get to that point, you know? So if I wanted to, if I really focused on that for years, I probably could, but I don't want to because I've got too many other things that are drawing my attention that I, I want to do that too. 
So it's uh, you really have to find what's enjoyable to you and focus on that, and then you'll stick with it. Yeah, I, I agree. And what usually comes with that is, in order to deadlift seven, eight hundred plus pounds, it involves tremendous commitment, consistency, and a a pretty high liver tolerance for anabolic substances. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. What there are a few um, people I know who can do who can pull it off without it, but it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, what? Uh, tell tell me what your thoughts are on CrossFit. We've touched on it a little bit um, offline, but I'd like to hear hear your thoughts, yeah. please. I actually quite like the concept of it. I think the having the capability of doing a variety of different things is is awesome. I think the way um, some people go about it, there, there's two basic things that I think are wrong with CrossFit, and uh, even people who do CrossFit agree with me on these. Is that um, you got to get yourself a coach who knows what he's doing. He or she knows what they're doing. If you go into a place for example, where the person just took their weekend course and now they're teaching Olympic lifting, there's a chance of injury there, <laughs> you know, a slight chance of injury there. The camaraderie you get in, in these places is fantastic. I think it's phenomenal. However, it can also work against you where people are pushing too hard. They're pushing beyond their capabilities. They don't want to let anybody else down. They don't want to, you know, look weak. So they push when they shouldn't push. And I think that's one of the other big problems with CrossFit. I love the fact that there are people there to push you, but there are times when you shouldn't be pushed. There are times when you need to pull back. Otherwise you're going to get uncle Rabdo, you know, like they say, where you, you start breaking yourself down and that's not a badge of honor. That's a badge of stupid, in my opinion, because that, that can be have horrible consequences in your health. And, um, but in, in general, I, I love the concept of CrossFit and, uh, that's why I, my own programs, metabolic monster one specifically, it's not CrossFit specifically. It's it's just kind of I like a cousin of it, similar to it. There's no specific performance goals where you have to do a set number of reps and do it as fast as you can. It's like here's the exercises. You put them together, select the weight, do as many as you feel you can, push yourself, don't kill yourself, and then there, there's no time frame that you need to do it in. You know, if it takes three minutes, it takes five minutes, whatever. I don't care. You know, push yourself to achieve more next time. Just don't like try and push yourself to do the same thing so much faster. You compromise your form and you hurt yourself because, as you're saying, that that sets you back, and then you know you have to rebuild, and then you set you back again. So it's like a, a constant period of setbacks. Whereas my approach is to kind of be smart about it, push yourself. You know, me, I push myself ridiculously hard, but then I know when to pull back and not. And I think that's one of the key things that a lot of people in CrossFit might not see in themselves where there's constant pressure to push yourself beyond when you really need the recovery. I mean, your body will break down. It's just, there's no question, no matter how young you are, how invulnerable you think you are. So. Right. I think in, in America too, there's this pernicious misconception that more is better. Mm -hmm. And, um, if, if CrossFit is good for us, if paleo is good for us, the more CrossFit we do and the more strict we can be with our diet, um, the better results we're going to get. And, and what can happen sometimes is, is quite the opposite. I mean, I've seen women that like can't get pregnant, um, and, uh, and then they stop having their period and, and similarly like guys with, you know, non-functioning wieners and like, and, and they're like, I'm healthier than I've ever been. And I feel worse than I've ever felt. <laughs> and your testosterone is in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. how do you, how do you handle programming in your metabolic monsters, uh, system? That one is it's really simple, actually. Uh, what I've included in the book is it's basically a it's a four days, a three to four day schedule where two days of low carb eating, one day of twenty four hour fasting, and then one meal, hog out whatever you want, stuff yourself sick, stuff yourself silly. You know, you've cleaned out your body, refill it with garbage. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding on that part, but it, half the time it, it does tend to be kind of like pizza and you know, French fries and stuff like that, and that's totally fine. You know, you don't have to eat like that all the time, but you don't have to restrict yourself that much. So I do two days of basically really hard training in a row, sometimes maybe a third day and then a day off. So it's, you know, it's not every single day and it is some uh, recovery built right into that. And luckily with the metabolic monsters, it's not really um, a set schedule. Like you can use these workouts whenever you want. Um, you can select one, do it once, and use it as a finisher to anything else if you want to do it that way. That's totally fine. 
you can do these workouts, you know, three days a week. You can do them six days a week if you can recover from it. You can do basically the sky's the limit. You can use different exercises, sub in what you have available to you in your own training facility or at home. And there's really no set rules. It's more of a, here's how I've done it. Here's how you can do it. These are my suggestions. Now go nuts with it. So, you know, find out what works for you, adjust it, use these templates for yourself, find out what you enjoy about it and do that. Yeah. I've found that my 24-hour fasts are usually much easier when they're also fueled by a little bit of guilt about the what I the stuff I put in my body the day before. Yeah. So if I do like, you know, a huge cheat meal or a cheat day, I mean, I used to go over the top with this stuff and it was like people would send me messages like they would they just get the biggest kick out of the stuff that I would post online that I was like that I would eat in a day because I had yeah. this like insatiable hunger and, and, and a very weird ability to eat gargantuan amounts of food. Um, and then, and then it's usually so much easier to do a 24 hour fast after something like that, at least, at least for me. And, um, and, and usually, I don't know if you experience it, but at some point during a 24 hour fast, there's usually like a one or two hour period where I'm like, I really get hungry. And then, um, and then once I push through that, I'm like, fine. And the rest is on, Mm -hmm. on cruise control. And during that one or two hour period, um, when you think back about like what you ate the day before, sometimes that's, that's a little extra motivation that you need. To, yeah. to get through it. So I like that. You kind of, you have two like lower carb days, uh, an intermittent fasting day, uh, kind of like a cheat day. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, you're almost creating the template where people are like carb cycling, they're incorporating intermittent fasting, they're, um, they've got the light at the end of the tunnel with the cheat day, and you have like all those elements built in automatically every week. Yeah, it's like literally like a rotating schedule every three days you're doing that. You're never more than you're never more than a couple of days away from stuffing yourself with whatever you want. And yeah. it's, that's a really sustainable fat loss program for me personally. I, I, th- I felt it was awesome. It was like the best program I've done because I can do two days of hardly eating anything. That's not a problem for me. And training like crazy, knowing that I've got that giant meal coming in. Literally, just like you, I can pack away probably like five, 6,000 or more calories in a, in a big cheat meal if I want to. Yep. And uh, you know, by fasting for 24 hours before that, I leave a lot of room for that. <laughs> so it really works out well for me. So it's uh, for me, it's a, it's a great way to be able to eat whatever I want almost whenever I want and still get the results that I want. Yeah. I'm curious, have you had any clients that have digestive issues or low level underlying health issues and the, the cheat days are keeping them from progressing in, in the way that they want? That's, that's something that I've ran into um, I mean, not, not healthy guys that are, you know, they're throwing around a lot of weight and they're, they, they have a good base, but mm-hmm. people that are relatively relative newbies, um, I found that for some folks, the glute, the, the grains, the dairy and the booze can keep them from moving forward. Have you seen any mm-hmm. of that or not so much with your client base? Not quite so much. Um, even when the, on the cheap meals, I, I, I tell people, you know, try and refrain from drinking too much alcohol because that can mess you up just with your enzymes just in general and your hormone patterns. But, um, you know, the, as far as uh, gluten and stuff, you know, there might be individual differences as far as their digestibility for that. But I haven't really had experience with people having that cheat meal really throwing them off. You yeah. know, it's, it, for the most part, people, they're skeptical of it if they've never heard of the concept before. And they, I tell them, push through do it. Just trust me. If, you, if it doesn't work for you, then you don't have to do it again. They do it and they're really happy and surprised with the results that they see after that. And they, you know, have no qualms about doing it again. I mean, some people, they don't want to cheat with like junk food. They want to cheat with like a bowl of rice and, you know, whatever, you know, just because it's carbs and they love that. And that's fine. You know, so, so I tell them, you know, just eat a lot more of it than you normally would and just really load up on the calories. So at least you're getting the caloric kick for the metabolism, if not the, uh, you know, novel food stimulus, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, that's kind of where I've gravitated towards now. It's, um, I'm, I'm a big advocate of doing things that make you feel good. And, um, you know, I used to eat a lot of foods that would just put me into a, like, Rip Van Winkle coma for a few hours. And, yeah. um, and now it's like, I want to enjoy the cheat meals. It's like, what, what's going to give me the highest utility without uh, putting me into, like, a three-hour food coma? And, uh, where I have like a, a food hangover the next day. 
um, sometimes those for me are even are even worse than um, if I go out if I go out for some cocktails. Mm-hmm. What what type of <laughs> what type of people um, like what results? So so tell me who is your who are the people that that Metabolic Monsters is created for? What results are they looking for? Um, how would they know if that program is right for them? This is uh, definitely not beginner stuff. Um, this is more high intermediate to advanced training in terms of uh, level of uh, the work that's being done in here. And um, this is for people who want to lose a lot of fat, maintain and develop athletic performance, build strength, and keep all their muscle mass at the same time. So it's really like a, I like to put it like as a warrior program, basically. Because what you want to do is develop everything that improves your combat-ready capabilities. And that means getting rid of all the fat, improving your athletic performance, keeping muscle mass, keeping strength, and all that. The reason that actually is this is based on this is I was trying to get on a TV show, which is why I put this program together. What TV uh, show? It was a Broken Skull Challenge, Steve Austin. I don't know if you're familiar with it. No, but I like Steve Austin. Yeah, this, this is a really cool show. He's on CMT. Uh, you can look it up online. It's a really cool show. It's basically like uh, it's uh, like obstacles. Some of it, some of it's like one-on-one wrestling almost, and one of it, some of it's like you're like last night for example. There's a bell at the top of the hill. You're standing square off against somebody else. Your goal is to get to the top of the hill and ring that bell. Everything else, whatever. You tackle the guy. You throw him down the hill. You know. You push him. You step on his neck. <laughs> whatever. You're basically fighting to be the one to get and ring that bell. And so that's the kind of warrior mentality this show was all about. So this program was put together to train for that. And I actually, I was an alternate on the show. I almost made it on the show. So I, you know, I submitted my uh, videos and did the interviews with the producers and everything and almost made it on the show. So all my training for three months last year was geared towards that kind of training. So it was, this was warrior-based training. And uh, you know, I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, Some of the uh, obstacle courses that they have in the show, it's like, Strength, you need a lot of strength, you need a lot of power, you need speed, you need um, endurance, you need to have grip strength, you need to be able to run with heavy loads on your back. It's it's that kind of warrior training that, to me, the show was perfect. It was exactly what I love to do. So I was really, you know, it's disappointed I didn't make it on, but, you know, that's what the program was based on. So this is, you know, male or female, doesn't matter if you got that warrior mentality this is exactly what you need. This is the stuff that will push you to your limits and really develop your performance and strength. Uh, super cool. Yeah. Just you talking about that was getting me fired up. Um, I was Jason, Jason Frugia invited me out to Santa Monica for one of his breakthrough events, like last mm-hmm. October. And, um, it was, it was the first day of the event. It's like five thirty in the morning. It's still dark. And there's a group of like 18 of us guys, 18 or 20 guys, and um, we're there, and, and Jay's got a couple of his guys that are helping with the event. And they meet us outside of our hotel, and, uh, and 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 Jay's not there. So we start walking, and we're going towards the ocean. And we're like walking through the sand, and then in the distance, you can kind of see like the outline of a figure by the water. And I'm like, oh, that must be him, you know. So yeah. we roll up, and and Jason's like, all right, we're gonna save the social niceties for later. He's like, right now, he's like, I've drawn a circle in the sand. He goes, two guys get in there. And like two guys go in, he's like, he's like, only one of you guys is staying in the circle. He goes, your goal is to get the other guy out. And then, and we're just, it's like, you know, five thirty in the morning. Everyone's like, wow! All of a sudden, you're you're awake. It's on. <laughs> and we're just going head to head. Like dudes are just throwing each other around in the sand. It's like dusk. Um, and and it, and it was amazing, dude. It was it was so fun. And and what's cool is at the end of it, you know, when there's when there's just that one person left you already feel like you know these guys and you didn't do any of the BS. You weren't like shaking hands like, oh, hey, where are you from? And like, you know, that, that crap where someone's telling you their name and you're thinking about how you look and what they're, what they're thinking about you and then you already forgot their name. It's just like you go in there, you like you sweat with these guys and then, and then that camaraderie was like instant. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was really, really cool and a, a fun experience. And that's kind of what it reminded me of when you were talking about that Steve Austin show. It's one of the events actually. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. Where, uh, the, that exactly that thing with the circle is preceded by you doing some heavy, crazy strength shit right before that, oh. like pushing, like flipping these giant blocks and then having to climb up. These things weigh like 600 pounds and you're flipping them down this course or you're carrying these, um, you know, 
barreled with filled with sand and chains on your back and you're doing this so you're totally exhausted when you're getting into this ring and then you have to push the other guy out oh my gosh that is a whole nother element too yeah. um it's awesome yeah yeah that is that is pretty awesome uh, Nick, this has been fun. Where for people for people that want to check out um, Metabolic Monsters and and give that program a go, where's where's the best place for them to do that? Oddly enough, it's metabolicmonsters.com. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So if you go there, it'll give you the rundown um, exactly what this program is all about and uh, what it can do for you. This this stuff is phenomenal. This is circuit training for people who are crazy and who are wanting to lift heavy stuff. And love the feeling of lifting heavy stuff. And, you know, most circuit training has, you know, the stigma of being lightweight stuff. This is heavyweight circuit training. This is this is the fun stuff. Very cool. And and where can people follow you to stay up to date with what you're working on and, and programs and things that you've got coming out? Uh, my main site right now is fitstep.com. So F-I-T-S-T-E-P.com. I'm actually transitioning to madscientistofmuscle.com. So I'm going to have more of my advanced stuff onto that site pretty soon there. Very cool. Well, Nick, I really appreciate your time. You've been, you've been very generous. I've had a lot of fun and, um, I, I'm, I'm excited to check out metabolic monsters. It sounds like an amazing program. Oh yeah, man. I'll hook you up. <laughs> All right. Thanks brother. Have a great day. You too. This episode is brought to you by naturalactiontechnologies.com. If you're looking for water with the same energetic, life-enhancing properties that you would find in a mountain stream, the same properties that easily cross cellular membranes and help our bodies to maintain proper hydration, then I highly suggest you check out naturalactiontechnologies.com. Their portable is my go-to unit for creating structured water on the go. It neutralizes toxins in the water by changing the molecular structure, leveraging an advanced understanding of the vortex phenomenon. This pure water gives me increased energy, greater hydration, it detoxifies pollutants, and it improves illness immunity. I also use the structured shower head. Since using the shower head, I've noticed major improvements in both my skin and my hair. The shower head also eliminates itchy skin from chlorinated water and gets rid of hard water buildup that can accumulate. You can learn more about the portable and the shower head and other natural water products at naturalactiontechnologies.com. That's natural. Action Technologies.com.